Oh, let's go. It's a busy guest day on the Plank Show. How are you, Josh? What's up? Good morning. I think I've officially become the first member of the ref crew that has lost his fob. Yeah, that's. I'm so sorry, man. That's I think problematic. That, I think that became officialized. So during the, the first commercial break, we've got to get the Sooner Sports podcast out. The second commercial break, I'll go into the principal's office and accept my penance. Replacing a fob can't be that expensive, right? I mean, one of those little gray things, like 10 bucks, something. <laughs> I hope of course, so. I say that, and I remember one time at Clear Channel, when it was Clear Channel, uh, it, we had like IDs that You'd would get you in the, the door. door. Well, I think it would go up against it, if I remember correctly. Um, and mine, mine stopped working. And I don't know why, and I had to. It docked me like one twenty-five off my check. Oh, they just charge you for it? Yeah, yeah. I mean, oh, that's no big deal. Here, so we'll you just take know. it out of your check. It's like, oh no, no, we can fix that. I mean, when you said you could fix it, I didn't realize I was getting charged for it as well, too. But do I really need this? Can somebody just let me in? Though looking back now, whenever, whenever the I don't even think it was the engineer. I think it was the human resources person at the time said. Now, has this been in water or has this been in hot areas? And I was like, well, it's, it's been in my wallet. We're like, everyone keeps the fob, but it's just not working. Mm-hmm. Okay, well, uh, we'll get you a new one. Should have read that, right? Yeah. So that's what we could be going into in break number two. I'm just warning you right now. <laughs> you should have said, no, I've stored it in a room temperature it's cool been- location every single moment. This is what I call my key fob humidor that I keep it in. So that way <laughs> it's not weather. <laughs> oh, man. How was, your, how was your Tuesday night? Anything exciting in the world of Josh? It was good. It was good. Uh, yeah. <laughs> broadcast a little volleyball. Drake's at $125 cash to him. Yeah, thanks. That's at least $25 cheaper than it was for uh, uh, for, for Clear Channel, right? It wasn't 150 What volleyball did you have last night? little little uh, Norman North Southmore volleyball. So, yeah, it was good. It was good. Um, I, I got to remember when you're doing these because I'll watch them and pay, pay attention. We got any scuds? You can, you can I- offer me some pointers. Do you know, um, I was just thinking about this. I didn't do a volleyball match all year last year, and I and I think I only did one the year before. Josh, my radio play-by-play of volleyball was so scintillating that they've completely stopped doing volleyball on the radio, and I'm not doing matches anymore. So maybe uh, maybe you should never, and I mean ever, take pointers from me. You kid, but when you first started here and I'd produce a couple of those volleyball matches for you, Pretty doggone good at calling volleyball, I think. After I learned all the players' names, which was really hard for some reason. Yeah, it takes about one set. Once once I learned, I was like, okay, I got a good rhythm here. And then you would have the volleyball kind of listen, I'm that guy with softball now, right? If I hear someone use a baseball term with softball, I'm like, whatever. Um, But, you know, I might say something wrong as far as. It's not out of bounds in this sport. It's this, right? Everyone kind of has their, their their own little rules when it comes to broadcasting that you sound like a noob if you don't use them. It's not like, it's not like I mean, baseball. I'm, and there's a ball that's hit foul, so that's uh, out of bounds. Strike one. You know, it's, I don't think it was that severe, but yeah. I like listening to volleyball. I'm going to watch this thing tonight with Nebraska. It's supposed to have 90,000 fans in a volleyball match. That's right, yeah. That, that'll be uh... – 
That'll be cool. Who would have thought volleyball would start the first eight minutes of the program? Here we are. <laughs> you got a game. Do you have any more tonight, or or is this the coach's show tonight? And coach's show here. That's at, correct. Ten a.m. this morning. We're going to get you going for the crosstown clash. Yep. Coach uh, Justin Jones is probably by the end of today's like I've I've had enough of you. Done I with think. this Josh Helmer guy. <laughs> no more uh, no more interviews the rest of this season for you. I haven't reached out to Brad Beller yet, so we can get our full Washington football preview. I'm hearing good things about the run back. Really good things, Josh. How the tight ends looking at Washington? I think there's a word to describe it. Like elite might be it. Dominant. Have I told you about the freshman Alexander kid yet? Yeah, you've been passing, said some nice things. Yeah, so we got high school football. Get you ready for that at the top of uh, next hour. And as always, uh, really proud of our job that the crew does at krefsports.tv. And then at the bottom of this hour, he's back from the Tulsa world. Eric Bailey is going to join us. They what, 935? That's what we're going to call Eric. It must be football season. I've talked to Eric in a while, so we'll catch up with Eric Bailey. Uh, So many things. So we welcome you in. Here's how you get in touch with the show. Knippelmeyer Chevrolet text line, 405-651-3439. Riverwind Casino jackpot line, 405-329-9000. And as always, Twitter, at Josh Honref. I'm at Plank Show. Everyone, please go follow us at KREF Sports. And if you miss anything on the show today, don't forget, uh, at KREF Sport, uh, at KREF.com, we have podcast or however you consume podcast. Search KREF. Are we uh, good with all the announcements? Everyone good? All right. I think we're ready for class. Hour one is brought to you by Van Hoos Fence. <laughs> Call Mark at 405-735-1167. I got a little sneak peek last night at the Sooner football team, Josh. Yeah, how did it go? I forgot you were doing that. You know, it's funny because everyone can see their own thing and their own takeaway from it, and there's – Again, there's just so much that's going on at practice. It's even whenever it's an open media session, there's so much that's going on at any given time. Like your 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 head's on a swivel. You know, you're watching. You're trying to keep tabs. Right, who's over there on defense? Who should I be prepared for? Who's rotating in? You look on. It's like okay, wait, hold on. This other field. Well, they're working on an offensive line drill, so I want to go see what that looks like, just so I'm prepared on Saturday. There is. There is a lot <laughs> there's a lot going on. And I found myself just what what we talked about and what's been said over and over and to some people doesn't matter. It just it looks different, right? And it's supposed to, but it looks different. You know, there's I, I was watching a drill from afar and I saw nineteen. Well, Kane Hel- Helms is a guy that's taller and looks good in his uniform too. Good jeans, right? But he looks good in his in his uniform. And then I looked over there and I saw another 19 and I was like, that, no, that's a freshman. And Jacoby Johnson, very impressive. The thing that, that really caught, that catches your eye is the freshmen that are on that 2D and most of them either second or third string. Like they, they look like they belong physically. Now, again, I'm not going through drills with them. I'm not there in the weight room. I just, in watching them, there are things that are just, all right, that's what it's supposed to look like. You know, I felt the same. I feel the same way whenever, you know, any sport, when they bring in freshmen, it's like, whoa, when, 
whenever there's someone that is ready. Tiari Jennings in softball, J.D. Coleman, you're looking back, whoa, all right, they're ready to play. Let's go. And it wows you a little bit. Yeah, it's like, okay. Well, I remember being a 132-pound freshman, and wow, that's – God bless weight training, right? Yeah, living so, in a different world. Yeah, we're in a whole different world now. But it, it was interesting because so much was made of the running back depth chart yesterday. All four guys look good. I mean, they all look great. There was no – you know, they were involved. And I know Coach Venable said something yesterday about – Best ability is availability. And in, and in, and in my mind, I kind of wonder, all right, how much has been missed leading up to this weekend by some of those guys, right? How much, how much had been MIA because of injuries or because of lost time? Because, you, again, you're just watching them. You're like, oh, okay. <laughs> those, those dudes look pretty good. And the Ty Wee Walker, I guess maybe it's fair to say this. It's not just hype. Dudes, dudes involved a lot. But as far as, I mean, I don't think there's anything that I could say that hasn't already been said by Teddy on this station and others, especially because Teddy truly knows the language that's being spoken. But it just seemed to be a a, a team that was ready to go, very comfortable in their preparation. Well, let me rephrase that. I don't ever want them to be comfortable, but comfortable in the responsibilities. Jimmy Greenbeans was on display too. I thought that was pretty fun. Jimmy Greenbeans Jimmy was getting Green after Beans it. Jimmy Greenbeans was getting after it. Nice. Man. It was great to see. But yeah, I am uh I'm like the many that have come away and just been really impressed with what you see. What are you digging for right now? You looking for some stats? Uh, yeah, I'm looking for the spring game box. Oh, okay, okay. By Caleb Hicks. Wow. He's gonna be something. You know, if he Im- continues, impressive freshman. You continue to grind. You continue to to do the work, and we may have ourselves the next rock star in Hicks. He looks. He he's a very impressive young man. Without this, just being the most obvious generic question of all time, mm-hmm. what was impressive? Well, number one, he wears number seven, so you automatically are like, "Whoa, that looks like Demarco out there with dreads." But he just physically a little bit of a bigger guy. Now, and again, I'm not – we're not watching full speed or taking away, you know, from I mean, cuts and moves and stuff, but just the way that he glides and watching him run and kind of watching the few drills that I saw him in. He yeah. just looks like he could be a special he, back. He looks special. But, again, you know, I'm not going to give away any secrets or anything, but I don't, I don't necessarily think there was too much of, all right, you got to run through that tackle or anything like that with him. But I was – I was impressed. He looks really good. He looked, oh, like I just said, all the running backs look like they're ready to trot out there on the field and be the starter for DeMarco Murray. Every single one of them look like it with the way that they, they move and with the way that they were handling themselves. If Javante Barnes and Gavin Sanchuk mm-hmm. are 3 4 for you in whichever order right now, right. you're in pretty good shape. Speaking of that, uh, we'll, we'll talk to this, we'll talk to Eric about this. I guess you just reach a point, the, the royal we, maybe I shouldn't s- just point fingers, go you, people, but the royal we, and we do a three-hour show every single day, right? So I guess you reach a point where you're just anything, you're looking for anything, right? Any, any topic, any outrage, anything. I was really surprised by some of the backlash 
off the decision to have Walker and, and Major 1-2, essentially 1-1-A. I was really surprised by the, by the backlash to that. Maybe I shouldn't have been. Maybe it's just because Sawchuck and Barnes were coming off the, the great bowl game. And let's see, did, did Sawchuck carry the ball? Did he play in the spring game? Seven rushes, 16 yards. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and Barnes was injured. But I just – boy, my Caleb Hicksype isn't really backed up by a spring game performance. Ignore that. As far as we're concerned, he didn't play in the spring game. But I, I, I just – I was a little bit taken back. And I understand, right? You, you build up guys, you think that they're they're going to be the next big thing, and you feel like with Walker and with Marcus Major, Major, thank you, you feel like well, they've shown me everything they have to show me, or what more can they show me than this? So I'm, I guess I understand it to a certain degree, but I would, I would really, really, really be shocked if by the end of the year, maybe by the middle of the year that Javante Barnes isn't the leading ball carrier for this team. Well, Marcus Major has shown good things when he's given the opportunity. I mean, that's the caveat I'll continue to give this. You know, it's not like Marcus Major, whenever he's had that chance to actually play, where you've walked away and thought, oh, that guy, I hope he doesn't carry the ball again. If anything, when Marcus Major gets the football, it's been, all right, that's, uh, that's nice in late-game situations. That might be good physical running. But, but, there's many that would say, oh, well, he's just, we got to get this new wave. And you, you might be right. But I was, it's like, whoa, there's some people that are like really angry about this. It, Calm down. Well, because obviously you get worried about talented running backs not sticking around. And mm-hmm. I get all that from the fan base. It's fun because there's so many different directions you can go with it. Right. So many different ways you can, can look at it. On its own initial merit, Marcus Major and Tommy Walker, the best running backs so far throughout spring, throughout fall camp, and they're rewarded, right? There's that storyline. And then obviously the tentacles to Marcus Major's story and is this finally his time? And then, you know, the other thing is, okay, is there the the injury factor with, with Barnes, with Sachuk? Were they dinged up a little bit and now they're just getting back up to speed? Is this a motivational tactic from the staff to those guys? Because guess what? Not not saying you and I, Plank, but a lot of us, we sort of foregone conclusion this thing to, and I'm definitely guilty of this, that Barnes and Sawchuck, that's going to be one too, more than likely for Oklahoma in the backfield. So did that did that factor in in a negative way for those guys throughout the offseason, throughout camp? And now the staff's like, all right, well, you think you're going to be one too here. Guess what? At Oklahoma, you got to go earn this thing. Great point. Absolutely great point. And you just – it's what we do, man. It's what we I'll, – I'll take your lectures on the Knippelmeyer Chevrolet text line, and that's fine. It's what we do in radio. It's what we do as fans. It's – you overreact and you overanalyze everything that's out there. It's part of the fun. 405-651-3439. When we come back, Brent Venables did speak yesterday. We got a lot of good stuff on Sooner football from the Coach Venables press conference. Uh, we'll share it with you next, right here on The Ref. By the way, Travis cracked me. I meant to say the Smothers kid, who apparently is in number seven, looks like his coach. 
That's I didn't know Smothers was in number seven then last night. All right, then let me let me correct this. Dylan, Dylan Smothers looks like he's a baller. <laughs> Mr. Smothers looks good. He looks good. He looks good. All right. I I thought for some reason seven was Hicks. Let me say this much right now. Dylan Smothers looks legit. And I guess I didn't see Hicks last night then. So Boy. you're saying good thing that Dalen Smothers stuck around? I guess so. He looked good. He looked really good. Oh, I did see Hicks. That's right. He was he was back there. Okay. I just got him con- – uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Inversed. I thought I had Sm- uh, Hicks at seven and Smothers at zero. Thanks, Trav. Boy, Trav has, like, become the ombudsman for this show. We need to give him uh, – Holy smokes, what was dude. What was the role that Tony Reale used to have on That's PTI right. Stats yeah, Boy yeah. or something? I'm going to start listening, and I'm going to start texting Travis <laughs> whenever he screws up anything. Uh, here's a good uh, point off the Knippelmeyer Chevrolet text line, 405-651-3439. Um, this is a good little two-parter. Or I guess then one-parter. So many players on the roster pertaining to, quote, is this finally his time? Harrington, Kelly, Coe, Rame, Major. So many good storylines potentially coming together. I like it a lot. Yeah, that's a great point. That's a really good point. And, uh, you know, the 580, when I mentioned the double char- uh, the double shot, I like this too. The depth chart looks upper class experience heavy. Won't be surprised to see younger kids working their way up through the first three games. I think it'll look different by the Cincy game. Yeah, no, I uh, – I agree with that, too. Can I go back to the stories, though? That is really a good point, Clinton Tulsa. I got the, the hit of camp last year was what? Justin Harrington. And then we just didn't see him get a lot of snaps. Now, I mean, it's pretty obvious when you watch, he is he's the most impressive guy on that defensive side of the football. He looks good. So, finally his year. Yeah, that's a really good point. And it's an easy storyline to root for, right? Somebody that's put in the time and, you know, both Harrington and Major, how many times we've talked about, okay, here here they go. They're the stars of camp or the stars of the spring. And then the winding roads that each of their respective careers have taken – it makes you makes you root for those guys. Team one twenty nine, by the way, is rising from the ashes. Is a pretty good line. That's a pretty good line. I think I'll go with that. Team one twenty nine rising from the ashes with stories that we'd given up on. These are my favorite storylines, though. With Sooner football, that'd be a pretty cool intro video, right? Guys that we'd either given up on or forgotten about. Guys that maybe you felt like had missed on their opportunity. And then all of a sudden with this team, they're the dudes. Yeah, it's kind of funny. Think about how personal a lot of people take where certain guys are playing. Josh, the uh, the outrage... When Jeff Lebby announced what he thought were the five starters was pretty funny, too, about Matora on the offensive line, right? It's like, oh, we're doomed there. No way. Maybe he becomes another great redemption story, too. 
That's that's a really good angle that I hadn't thought about too terribly much. I'm not gonna lie, a really really good angle. There's a lot of dudes that are being talked about who are guys that we had absolutely positively given up on. Absolutely positively given up on. Now, some of them have flashed. Like Isaiah Coe, he's flashed. He's had good moments. Um, Jordan Kelly, I'd, I'd say, has done Jordan, some nice things. Jordan Kelly is on that list, too. He's got, But we haven't consistently seen it, or to a level to where they were that dude. No, and now I they're mean, getting that chance. Are they star defensive tackles? No, they've not been that, but they've been – Steady. They're going in the. They're not going in the draft, right? They're well. Maybe Co would have a chance, but Jordan Kelly's been around for a minute. It's time for them to elevate their play, but uh, again, e- each of those two, yeah, kind of falls under that umbrella. Marcus Major has been labeled the guy that no one could wait for him to get that opportunity. That was Marcus Major. Everyone's like, gosh. Freshman wowing in camp. I've talked about it a lot. Guys like J.D. Runnels were tweeting about it and talking about it. Uh, guys all over the media that covered him in high school. And like, oh, this dude. And he went from being that guy way back in, gosh, were we going pre-COVID with Marcus Major? Was his first year 19? But we, we went from, you know, that being. 19. Yeah, that being the, the, the storyline to now it's, wait, how can he be on top of the depth chart? <laughs> what? <laughs> What's he saying? You stay around long enough to be the villain? I like it. I like it a lot. Marcus Major, man, what a story. What a story. Um, it, it would be awesome if he has a career year. It'd be great. I'm rooting for it. I'm rooting for it a lot. And, and you know, the, the fear that some are living in, well, you know, what's going to happen with Barnes and Sachuk? I think they're going to be fine, guys. Well, and I also think DeMarco Murray's going to continue to recruit. So yeah. you just don't live in the universe of what happens next. Yeah. If Marcus Major's your best running back, Marcus Major's your best running back. Right. Uh, Sugar Shane in Newcastle writes, I just want to see a top 30 defense and a top 10 offense. You know, it's funny. You want that. And then all of a sudden they start having success. And then it's like, okay, I want a little bit more. All right, we'll top 30. Can we get top 20? We're... We're five and zero. Can we get seven and zero? All right, I want to be eight and zero. We better be eight and zero. It just continues to grow. Um, you know, and this is a good point by BA Boomer. He goes, "The great thing about the conversation surrounding position groups is that it appears that we're deep in talent." Yeah, it really does. There's going to be guys that won't get as many snaps, and we're going to come in here on a Monday morning and be like, "Gosh, why didn't we see more of?" Phil Pachotti, or why didn't we see more of Kip Lewis? Or, you know, why why wasn't there more Lewis Carter? And I think that's a good thing because it's not as if the guys before them haven't earned that or don't have the chance to play really well. What did Todd Bates say? This defense will feed you. And then one more here, real quick, from True Sooner. Then Eric Bailey's going to join us. True Sooner writes I thought it was interesting when Brent Venable said the interior of the defensive line lacked leadership last season, refreshing from a head coach. I think a lot of these guys are also learning how to lead. Like Isaiah Coe, Jordan Kelly, Think trying to think of who else is back from last year, just off the top of my head. Kelvin Gilliam didn't get to play too much because he had that with the shoulder injury last year. There weren't – oh, you got the depth chart right in front of me. I'm sitting here trying to think of it. It's right in front of my fat face. Well, John, Alula, John Alula wasn't in that room last year. So, in other words – Halton Young. Yeah, Halton was a freshman. Gilliam, again, I would categorize as young. 
And again, and Jordan Kelly and Isaiah Coe never really called upon to be those kinds of dudes. And they learned. And they were, most importantly, man, they've been empowered. It's amazing what happens when you're empowered in anything in life. All right, well, listen, we got a break. Some people get drunk with that empowerment. See most security guards in most establishments. Uh, others use it to make themselves better. Right. All right, quick break. Eric Bailey is going to join us next. Got to go turn myself in for losing my fob. Good times. It's a plank show right here on the Home of Sooner Fans. All right, all right, all right. We're caught up on the handful of texts, but it's loaded here on the Knippelmeyer Chevrolet text line, 405-651-3439. So let's go in depth. Eric Bailey joins us from the Tulsa world at Eric Bailey TW on Twitter. What's going on, EB? Good to chat with you, man. Chris, you doing all right today, man? Doing great. I just wanted to start off by saying I've been uh, thinking about you, been praying for you and your family. I'm, I'm so sorry about your brother. I know that uh, he was a great man. I'm just uh, – I, I'm just thinking about you, man. I know that can't be easy at all to have to go through, and uh, you know, just just prayers to you guys, man. Hey, I appreciate that. He was a good person, big New York Giants fan, uh, just a uh, best friend. He was my best friend all my life, and it's uh, been a tough month. But uh, the one thing I appreciate is all my friends. They reached out this past month, and uh, I know my brother, uh, he's looking down, and he he. he He's smiling. I know that. So uh, I appreciate it. Man. I appreciate you bringing that up first thing, uh, Chris. I really do. So it meant a lot. He meant, he meant a lot to me, and he's going to be with me the rest of my life. So I appreciate that a bunch. Very cool, man. Very cool. Well, let's, uh, let's start with much less important things, which is how could those two guys be starting over those two guys? What would you make of the, <laughs> of the running back depth chart? Brent Venables seemed to say yesterday that maybe a few of those guys have been dinged up, but what would you think? You know, Tommy Walker, good for him. I mean, here's a guy who took a chance on himself, still a walk-on, too. That's the crazy thing. Uh, he's still a walk-on. But you know what? Uh, we'll probably see him get some, some, some carries this weekend. And you know what? That's all you ask. You, you're taking it. You're betting on yourself when you come to a school like Oklahoma. You're a walk-on. You're not a scholarship player. And uh, he, he's going to get a chance this Saturday. And uh, that's the kind of story that you, you love to see in college football. Uh, just bet on yourself, go out there, and make something happen. Uh, Marcus Major, uh, you know, they, they're both the uh, RB1. So let's see what happens. Marcus Major's just won the healthy year. That's all he's won. You know, he's had some struggles during his career, but, you know, here, here's a local guy. Let's see what he can do, too. I think, uh, you know, they're deep at that position. We all, all know what Javante Barnes can do, and Gavin Soshek really showed what he could do at the Cheez-It Bowl down in Orlando against Florida State. So, there's a lot of weapons there, and that's the good thing, and that's the glorious thing. If you're uh, Jeff Levy, you, you, this is game one. You can really go out there and see what all four of these guys can do. And we haven't even talked about some others and some of those other guys in that in that room. So uh, it, it's going to be interesting to see how he uses his running backs. Mm. And it's also, you know, I, I, I've watched some of the freshmen. Uh, I've I'll tell you what, Smothers looked impressive to me. I'd mistaken off the top of the show zero for seven. He looks really good out there. But in Marcus Hicks, or Caleb Hicks, excuse me, he's been the he's been a guy that a lot of people are talking about. He looks good out there. So I think at any time, especially on Saturday, I think you're going to see all of them and, and a majority of them anyway, right? Yeah, exactly. And that's the good thing about playing, you know, all, all due respect to Arkansas State. Mm -hmm. uh, that's the good thing about playing a team like that. You can get a lot of, you know, if, if things go like they're supposed to go, you can get a lot of players, a lot of reps and get them some playing time and get them out there and get them, 
get their feet wet. So uh, it'd be interesting to see if you can go deep in that depth chart and, and get them some reps. So in the eyes of Eric Bailey, was there anything else as you perused that depth chart that really kind of stood out to you? Maybe not necessarily shocking, but just was a, huh, that's interesting, kind of a kind of a position or player? You know, I, and, and there's still – competition is going to continue on, not only this week but all year. But the one thing I was really impressed with was Gentry Williams getting a top to cornerback spot. Uh, here's a resilient young man who really had a scare in spring ball, you know, getting taken to the hospital, a cardiac event, and to turn around and, and just showing his resiliency to fight back and having a fall camp and earning and, and that, that starting spot at cornerback. And, and Brent Venables was quick to say that that's an ongoing competition, but to be listed atop the depth chart at cornerback uh, opposite Woody Washington, uh, good for him. You know, a sophomore from Booker T. Uh, you know, there is a lot of uh, inexperience at that position. You know, Kendall Doby, McCurry Vickers, Jacoby Johnson. Uh, there's some youth there, but Gentry Williams. You know, we're hear- we're hearing a lot about him. You know, he's he's a talented, exper- uh, not experienced, but a talented player. Uh, a lot of raw talent, a lot of closeout speed. But, uh, you know, Booker T graduate here and from here in Tulsa, it was really neat to see his name atop that, that um, depth chart at cornerback, especially what he had to go through last spring. We've got a couple of those stories. You think about, obviously, Marcus Major, but a couple of those stories where folks that we've been talking about, hearing buzz about, and it just hasn't, for one reason or another, totally materialized. Justin Harrington, another one of those names, listed as the starter at Cheetah. What do you make of Harrington starting there in the Cheetah position? You know, that, that's a guy, you talk about storylines, here's a guy that, you know, he had to really earn his spot back on the team, let alone to get a starting spot. You remember that he was trying to transfer out, and then Brent Vittable showed a little grace and let him come back on and work his way back on the team. And, uh, and, and not only did he work his way back on the team, he's a captain this week. So good for Justin Harrington, and he, he talked about getting second chances. He, he's he's not only uh, starting; he he's got a lot of respect in that locker room, and you know everyone's just waiting for him to have that breakout year. Uh, everyone knows what he can do, and I think that he's really embraced that role. And you know it, it, he's going to have a good year. But Dayson McCullough, that's going to be a nice one-two punch. Uh, McCullough is just a sophomore, so he's still learning. He's learning his second defensive. Uh, structure in two years so you know it's it's all coming together for him too he's young you know after coming from indiana so it's one of those things where he had to uh figure out figure things out but he's got a lot of raw talent and raw ability as well but they really like him a lot too so that one-two punch at that position is going to be good but i'm really looking forward to justin harrington seeing how he's going to do at that position as well i want to circle back to gentry williams and not just what he experienced in the spring eric but the injury during his high school career, he had some had thought he would never be what he once was. And I'll tell you what, look at out. He wears number nine. Watching him, he lit, he looks like an NFL cornerback, right? He's got that size. He's got that build. He's got that speed. You know, we've seen some good guys out of Tulsa in that secondary that have gone on to great things. The Aaron Colvins of the world. Um, oh gosh, why did I just blank on the Dominique Franks? I mean, there's been yeah. Gabe Lynn, Stephen Parker. Dax, Dax Hill. Dax Hill, right. We've seen dudes out of Tulsa, right, and not just in, in Oklahoma but beyond. I think Gentry Williams has a chance to be one of the next really, really good ones out of the 918. Exactly, and that's the thing. I mean, and, 
And, and, you know, we've been fortunate. We've been blessed out of Tulsa to see some of these really, really good, good players, Dom Franks. Mm. It, it, you can the list goes on. It really does. And, and that's the thing. And Gentry, we just haven't seen him have a chance. He just needs that breakout game. And, and that's what's going to be exciting about seeing him. Uh, you know, another player out of Tulsa I'm looking forward just to see, see play is uh, Robert Spears Jennings. I, I'm excited to see him. Uh, you know, I know he's, he's dealing with a shoulder injury. Uh, I'm excited to see him at a broken arrow and see what he can do on that roster at Oklahoma, too. Uh, uh, sophomore, uh, just to see how he. I know he. We'll see when he gets healthy what he's going to do this year too. So, uh, and Jason Rowe, he's another guy. He's you know, a redshirt freshman. He, you know, he he was dealing with injuries too. And what's his career going to be like at Oklahoma? Uh, so there's a. It, it's really neat what uh, what Tulsa's been able to produce, uh, especially in that secondary. It's been fun to watch. One of the biggest topics all off season was, hey, who's going to catch the football? And uh, I don't know that we have all of the answers there, but w- what's your impressions of just the, the starting wide receivers, at least in this initial depth chart, and then uh, the, the depth behind it? When they got the commitment from Andrew Anthony, uh, we wondered if that was going to stick. And, you know, they kept signing receivers. And Andrew Anthony, from day one, he, he's earned that spot, and he's kept that spot. And I think that that's, that's what we're going to see on Saturday and we're, you know, we're going to see, see him under the lights and what he does. And, you know, he had a, he had a, a good career at Michigan and now he's going to be the guy at Oklahoma. Now, how's he going to do at OU? Well, we're going to start seeing that on, um, on Saturday. What's his career going to be like? So, uh, LV Buckley Shelton, uh, you know, we're going to see what, you know, we didn't really get to see a lot of him last year. Well, now we'll probably see more balls thrown his way. So I'm kind of excited to see what he can do at, at Oklahoma uh nick anderson he's interesting too he's a young kid we didn't talk much about his brother but his brother i think could have been one of the best in oklahoma history if he had a healthy career i just remember that 2017 season gosh he was so special uh roddy was one of the best in the in the in the uh gosh he was so good so good uh yeah so so good um and you know and we it's it's uh it's it's going to be interesting there's a lot of names there uh the slot Drake's dupes, you know what you're going to get. You're going to get just a solid, solid receiver. Gavin Freeman, uh, good for him getting on scholarship this week. Uh, that or last week, that was really big too. So there, there's a lot of names, but I think there's a lot of names, a lot of opportunities for someone to prove themselves and stick out. This non-conference portion of the schedule is going to be an opportunity for all those uh, new names to really take a chance to really make something happen. And it's one of those things if you get on the field. If you get a chance, you got to make the most of your opportunities. Mm-hmm. Uh, don't take that opportunity on the field. Don't take that for granted. You have to make the most of your opportunities because you never know what you're going to get back on the field. So you have to do what you can to make the most of your opportunities. Eric Bailey will have fantastic coverage for you at TulsaWorld.com. Follow him on Twitter at Eric Bailey TW. You guys done with softball for a little bit, or are we uh, getting ready for travel ball? Oh, or is it school? Still in, still in school ball. Yeah, another okay. month of school ball, and then we go into light travel season in the fall and then get a break. And Lord knows the kids need a break. They've been going <laughs> strong since January. They can roll right from travel to school ball. So uh, they need to, to hang it up for a little bit. They need a break. So, But it's been fun. It always is fun. So. That's awesome. It, it never is, but they just need a break. <laughs> That's awesome. Appreciate you, Eric. Have a great week, man. All right, we'll see you on Saturday, Chris. See you on Saturday at Eric Bailey TW. He does great work. Quick break. Start diving into a little Brent Venables. More of the Knippelmeyer Chevrolet text line. A couple other nuggets from practice. It's all coming up on the ref. All right, good job, David. We got back. We survived the commercial break, right? The understudy is learning. 
David Ash. Is he learned enough where you want to come hang in here? Oh, we've got your coaches coming on, don't we? With we you, do. You want to you hang in here or no? Uh, I don't know. Do you want me to come hang in there? Dude, it's always good for someone to smell what's going on in here. <laughs> that's that's all right. I'll, I'll let, <laughs> no, I'm kidding. I'm kidding. It'd be great if you did. I'll, I'll let you have your I don't, space. I don't and... spread out too much in here. It's large enough in here now. There's plenty of room. Let's, why not? Plus, I don't... Norman North's coach is going to join us next segment. Coach uh, Justin Jones, 1030. Oh, oh, okay. Oh, that's perfect. That's perfect. Because then at 10 o'clock, Brent Venables. You know, we're going to go through the press conference from yesterday and, and all the things that we missed. Yeah, there's, so. uh, there were some interesting happenings, I would say. Yeah, he didn't, he didn't beat around the bush in laying out that maybe, it, maybe some of the backs weren't as available. Right? I mentioned how... You know, and watching just from the most peripheral way possible, every running back was out there. And they, they were all involved in some way, shape, or form in something. Now, did I uh, flip zero for seven? Yes, I did. Perhaps. Perhaps that happened. So I came away really impressed with uh, uh, what Dylan, Dylan Smothers thinking that it was Caleb Hicks. But regardless, they all look good. They all look healthy. They all look like they're moving around. So it's – it was interesting that Coach Venables addressed that right out the gates. But it was the first question, too. He didn't really have an opening statement. He was asked about Ty Wee I Walker. I mean, think about the wealth of riches that Oklahoma has in that backfield. Right. You come away and you're impressed just physically with what Smothers With a like. freshman. And, and Hicks has, you know, in his own right, positive feedback from the coaches and from, you know, other folks that have been at practice. And those two guys aren't even listed on the depth chart. <laughs> Right. I mean, and and I'm with you. I'm not saying you're crazy at all. So it's just awesome to think about what Oklahoma has in the backfield. Here is another major takeaway that shouldn't shock anyone. I don't know if they still do programs or if you just get them all on your phone now, but I would make sure to have that roster handy. I think you're going to see a lot of dudes play. Especially this week. And that might be a little bit of an indictment against Arkansas State. Butch Jones isn't necessarily having his Gus Malzahn turnaround at Arkansas State. Brian Harson isn't walking through that door to save things from Arkansas State. As someone had asked earlier on the Knippelmeyer Chevrolet text line, what does Arkansas State bring on Saturday? The last time I tried to bring, I brought on an Arkansas State guest, and I got throttled on the text line for it. It's like, oh, my gosh, listen to this clown. What is this? A-State, what a dork. Is it, is it okay if, if he has some positivity? Arkansas State does not come in with a lot of hype. They were a 3-9 team last year. They were seventh in the Sun Belt Conference in that West Division, just 1-7 in conference play. Uh, the only conference win they had was over Louisiana Monroe, who they beat 45-28. to they had nine straight winning seasons from 2011 to 2019. They had some names now. They had some names that came through and coached. We mentioned Gus Malzahn, Brian Harrison, Blake Anderson had a really good run. Hugh Freeze was a coach at Arkansas State. But since that run from 11 to 19, they've posted three straight losing seasons, nine and 26 during that span. Nine and 26. Not good. And the one thing, in talking to the coaches on Monday about this, 
a lot of the guys that are on the that are on the depth chart are new. You watch the film from last year, it's not even the same guys. And there was a couple players who had been listed as guys that they thought they were going to play and could have a role that weren't even on the roster that was released to the media earlier this week. They got issues. And you don't want them to be getting right against you. They shouldn't. Butch Jones. You know last time we faced a Butch Jones coach team? Magical. OU Tennessee. All right, quick break. When we come back, what did we learn from Brenton Venables during his press conference yesterday? It's the ref.